Uvalay from the triple option, or at least they're throwing the ball a little bit more. How much would you say Air Force still uses that traditional triple option with the very occasional pass? Well, I would say Army and Navy are trying to get closer to Air Force, to be honest with you, because Air Force of the three service academies has thrown the ball more than those two teams over the years, and they've used it off of play action. The Army this year has incorporated it a little bit more into their base offense. And I think for Air Force, if the option is going well, then they can throw the ball well because if you're moving the football, you know, teams start cheating. The cornerbacks are up. The safeties are up a little bit. And teams start cheating on you a little bit. If you're not running the ball very well, Air Force has a more difficult time throwing the ball because teams are looking for that. Um, Before the season began, I think there was a little bit of a concern about the quarterback position. Obviously, a great quarterback departing from the program in the offseason. How how long did it take Zach to kind of pick things up, and why are things clicking so much with him under center? Well, he picked him up pretty quickly, to be honest with you. And what I like about Zach is he doesn't try to do too much. I call him a game manager, and that may not be fair to him, certainly. He, he's good at making decisions. He's good at getting the ball to the right person at the right time, uh, whether that's him keeping around the corner, whether that's him pitching, certainly, to John Lee Eldridge. He just is a smart guy in the way he runs the offense. He's a very underrated passer, and I think he just kind of took this team and he played to his strengths and he didn't try to do more than really he could. And I think that's one of the reasons he had, up until he got injured, such a good season. Troy Calhoun has done such a great job with this program. Has he ever been offered other positions? Do you feel like he's going to be a lifer at this school? Well, I think every year Troy does talk to a couple of schools. This year it was Oregon State. He's from Oregon. Uh, It was Tulane. There was some talk that he might have been interested in the Duke job. And you know, will he leave at some point? I don't know. The NFL people love him, and of course he came from the National Football League. I think he likes the challenge, certainly, at Air Force each and every year. I'm sure in the back of his mind, maybe, he probably asks himself, you know, what if he went to a school where name, likeness, and image certainly played a larger role, not necessarily losing guys, but maybe getting guys, and maybe competing on a different level athletically with more resources. Look, everybody has that in the back of their mind in terms of trying to go to a bigger place. I don't know if it's a better place in terms of what Troy has been able to do in 17 years and how much he believes in the mission of the academy and in the cadets and his ability to really coach good football teams each and every year, regardless of who they're playing. Obviously, a lot of teams put out their information. We know who's opting out. We know who's transferring from programs, injuries, things like that. It's usually tight-lipped when it comes to the academies. Do you have any idea on who might not be available? Is everybody going to be 100% for this game? No, everybody's good to go. Uh, the bowl game helps you know, not only Air Force, but, but certainly uh, James Madison when it comes to getting guys healthy. Uh, Larry is going to go at quarterback. They'll have a fully healthy Emmanuel Michelle. They're hoping to have wide receiver Jared Rosnos back in the lineup. 
They've been pretty healthy for the most part on defense. It was the offense where they got kind of knocked down a few pegs, but they should be good to go in terms of health. Um, this team's won four straight bowl games. Obviously, we've heard a lot. The uh, the times you want to play triple option are week one, when you have the most time to prepare in the offseason, and during bowl season when you have that extra time to prepare. Doesn't seem to be bothering Air Force, though, who continues to put up a great offensive numbers in all of their bowl games. Well, it, it takes time to get used to what you want to do defensively. You've got to be really disciplined against the option. And I think it's going to be interesting because, look, last year Baylor and Air Force played in this bowl. Baylor didn't want to be there. It was colder than hell, like 10 below zero. They're 6-6. Six and six. They're playing a group of five team. And so I, Baylor did not want to be there. All right, let's just call it the way it is. Air Force beat a good Louisville squad the year before. I think this is going to be different. First ever bowl game for James Madison, that's a big deal. And these guys are fired up to play. These guys are fired up to show that they belong. And so I think from the mentality approach, I think it's way different than maybe some teams Air Force has played in the past. Air Force has a top 10 rushing defense. How much, uh, obviously, James Madison has a very good rushing offense. Um, how much are you concerned about that? Uh, you know, because it looks like the JMU might be the best rushing attack Air Force will face all season. Tell you what, the numbers may bear that out. They're only giving up 61 yards a game. The thing that really impresses me is their tackles behind the line of scrimmage. They lead the nation in that category, and the ability for their defensive line to get in there and get into the backfield and disrupt plays, look, that's going to be huge. Air Force is really going to have to play well across the front, and I think the Falcons certainly understand that they're not going to just be able to play smash ball with the fullback on every play. They're going to have to be creative and getting the ball to the outside a little bit. I think they're going to have to throw a little earlier than normal when it comes to game situations because you got to keep the defense guessing a little bit. And if they don't do that, I, I think James Madison could really zero in on that Air Force rushing attack. Give us a name or two to, to get to know uh, as we get ready for this game on Air Force's defense. Say that one more time. Give us a name or two of somebody on the Air Force defense that we're going to hear a lot about as these two teams play. Uh, I'll give you three names. Trey Taylor, who was named the Jim Thorpe Award, best defensive back in the nation. He's been outstanding this year. He's been outstanding his whole career. Alec Mock, number 40, outstanding linebacker, just solid play in and play out. I'll give you two other names. Uh, Jonathan Youngblood, number 44, very underrated linebacker. And then the other guy up front for Air Force, Bo Richter, number eight, first team all-conference. They move him all over the place. He's a guy that can create havoc in the backfield. He's a good rusher. When James Madison wants to throw the football, they really need to know where Bo Richter is throughout this game. He's an excellent player. Can you give us a sense as to what the typical day is like uh, for the football players? Because obviously they've got a lot of responsibilities that they have to balance besides football practice. Well, you know, these, these young men and women are there to get an education and ultimately defend the country. Football is a little bit of a relief, I think, because it takes you away from classes. It takes you away from your military obligations for a couple of hours. Uh, now, the other thing is, and it's important to remember, the coaching staff doesn't get to spend as much time with the team as maybe other coaching staffs 
around the country, whether that's on a daily basis, whether that's throughout the year. So Air Force really has to make hay while the sun shines. But, yeah, there's a lot of obligations for these young men and women. I mean, they've got to pass inspection once a week in terms of their room, their uniform, and it goes on and on and on. And those are just the military disciplines that they have to honor all the time. You know, forget for a moment that they're trying to get ready to play a football team and a ranked football team like James Madison or Boise State or things like that. So, yeah. There's a lot going on at the Academy, no doubt about it. Uh, last thing for you, and we're wrapping up here with Jim Arthur, getting us set for the game between Air Force and James Madison. How about the Air Force special team? Seems like you have a pretty reliable kicker and, uh, and a pretty decent punt game. Matthew DePore is a good kicker for Air Force. He struggled a little bit down the stretch, but he's got a strong leg. He's fine no matter where he is. Uh, the punt game uh, is all right. It's not great, but it's not going to hurt you any. Uh, with Carson Bay and Luke Freer. And what's interesting is kickoff returns. You're not going to see Air Force really return to kickoff unless things are dire, dire late in the game. And I guarantee you, you're not going to see a punt return. Because Air Force doesn't return punts. Air Force wants the football. They're going to fair catch and take the football wherever it is. And they're very rarely going to see an Air Force punt returner again unless there's 10 seconds to go on the game and Air Force needs a score. That's the only time you're going to see a guy return a punt for Air Force. Otherwise, those punt teams for James Madison, they can jog down the field. They'll be in good shape. Uh, well, Jim, good luck uh, this weekend. Thank you so much for uh, educating us on uh, JMU's opponent. Nice to be here. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, that is uh, Jim Arthur of uh, the Air Force Radio Network. And um, this game Saturday at 3.30 um, down in Fort Worth, Texas. And I'll say this, looking at the weather, a little bit lucky here. Um, there is rain, looks like at 9 o'clock that, on Saturday night, and it looks like there might be a little bit of wind, about 12 to 15 mile per hour winds, maybe starting around 3-ish. Um, then they're very, I mean, they're very lucky because it looks like there's gonna be a lot of rain starting at that light at the late part of Saturday. So they're getting the game in at one point, there was some rain, uh, at least early Friday, but, uh, it doesn't look like that. So it looks like the weather's gonna be very good, uh, for the most part. I mean, I, I think, look, obviously a little bit of wind is an issue, but I, I just, everything I hear from James Madison is that this team's gonna be ready. You know, you, you get very concerned and you look at, you know, all the names that entered the transfer portal. Of course, there was the craziness. What was it? Friday, James Madison posts Elijah Surratt doing a post uh, a press conference with the media. And then, like, four hours later, he puts his name in the transfer portal. Now, much like the others, he is going to play in the game, it seems like. Only Kamara and um, the offensive linemen are not going to play of the people who are in the transfer portal. And that tells me something. So, and it seems like... With all the new coaches that they brought in, and if you're not familiar, um, Coach Robo brought in five coaches to help out the defense with regards to the triple option. Now, look, it's, you know, as I said, you want to play them when you have this much time, but Air Force has been beating people. As he said, last year was 30-15 to 15 over Baylor. Uh, 2021, it was 31-28 Air Force over Louisville. 2019, it was Air Force 31-21 over Washington State, 45-21 over South Alabama in 2016. So you've in these cases, they've had the extra time, but it hasn't helped. So I'm hoping, and I, you know, from everything we've heard, 
JMU continues to be focused. They continue to practice really well. They continue to do everything they have to. I'm optimistic. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm close to the program and because I want them to win. I don't know if I'm just basically overlooking some of the obvious things that basically come out of this, but I I, kind of like the spot that, that JMU is in, and I think part of the country who bets on this game is going to see the list of people who are in the transfer portal for James Madison, and they're going to be like, oh, none of these guys are playing, and then they're going to be in for a rude awakening because, you know, you got to do your research and you got to be ready for this sort of thing. Um, I did find it interesting that um, Kurt Signetti yesterday posted a picture in his office, I'm guessing, at Indiana, and it was said, not done yet. And if you look on his desk... It's all JMU stuff. There's a 2023 JMU coaches. I don't know what the the other word is. There's a yellow notepad that says, let's go get players with players underlined. And JMU fans did not like that. And I've already said my piece on this whole thing. I wish he would have stayed the coach. I wish he would have. I wish the calendar would not start until a team season ends. Um, I wish this none of this would have happened because I think truly if he didn't, you know, if the money wasn't that much of an issue, I think truly he would have liked to have stayed. But when he says to the Indiana people, yeah, 90% Indiana, 10% JMU, I'm like, no, you you got, you got to go. So um, people were offended last night by that picture. And by the way, already today, a couple hours ago, Michael Kamara has committed to Indiana. And he was one of the two guys, as I said, who aren't playing in this game anyway. Anyway, it's it feels dirty to me. It feels very dirty. You know, every time I talk to Kurt Signetti, you know, it was about the, you know, he said all the right things and about the program and everything. And then all of a sudden he just, he books it for the money. It feels kind of dirty to me. It feels kind of, I don't know. It feels kind of shameful to me uh, with what he's doing and then just stealing JMU people. Because I'll bet you this, the moment that game ends on Saturday, Saturday night, you're going to see a stream of potential Dukes who are going to Indiana. Now, I think I think Coach Chesney is going to keep some of them, but I think, unfortunately, that Saturday, like win or lose, I think you're going to see a bunch of players leave. And it would be really sad because this is a really good team. I'm glad they're balling. I'm glad the kids are staying who are staying. I'm glad they're pretty healthy for it. I'm glad they're not going to miss a lot of people. Um, but it's just the whole thing's kind of – I wish the NCAA would fix it, but we all know the NCAA doesn't do anything right when it comes to anything else. Uh, 3270-888, that is the phone number, that is the text line. Let's take a timeout. Coming up, got to talk about the famous toastery bowl. Got to talk about it. I um, I saw all these people on Twitter, they're like, you got to fire Ricky Ron, you got to fire the coaching staff. Like, no, we're not firing anybody. We're not doing anything of this sort. But it was not a good look for Old Dominion. We'll talk about that game, and we'll get you set for tonight's college basketball, Virginia and Memphis. What does Memphis do really well? Are they a great rebounding team, which seems to be an issue for Virginia this season? We'll tell you, and we'll dive into the numbers of that one. Uh, as we take you up to 4 o'clock, you're listening to 106.1 ESPN.